it's a pro for both the client and the agency to really see if there's chemistry. This is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast, brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we'll explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity, and come away a happier and smarter marketer. The theme this week is relationships, not as in dating, but between the client and agency, which my guest this week says can often be just like dating. Building a great client-agency relationship requires the same ingredients as any good relationship, but yet we often fail to remember this when working together. Transparency, honesty, and constructive feedback are all the key ingredients, says Jessica Loria, this week's guest. She has had the benefit of working both agency and client side, which has given her a different lens, therefore ensuring her teams have very specific best practices to help create and deliver great work. During this episode, you'll be reminded of so many fundamentals I'm sure listeners already know. Yet, sometimes we forget. So putting her recommendations to practice will elevate your relationship with your client or agency and therefore get you closer to delivering that winning idea. Today's guest is Jessica Luria. When I first met and worked with Jessica, she was leading the marketing team at Chobani. Before her work at Chobani, she worked at BBDO and some of the world's largest brands. Her most recent experience was at companies like Hint and Swell. Please join me in welcoming Jessica to our show. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. Today, we have Jessica Loria. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. So I always have a icebreaker. How did you know you ended up wanting to work in advertising? So in college, I actually majored in PR, and I had all these internships in PR. And I realized at the end of you know, my senior year, I'm majoring in PR. And then I realized I actually wanted to be in advertising because all of the places where I was working had an advertising side. And I looked at them and I said, that is actually what I want to be doing because in PR, it's all about, you know, you pray for it, but in advertising, you pay for it. And I just realized, you know, you could control the message. You could control what you say, what you do, how things look. And that was the world I wanted to be in. I, I wanted that, that control and that creativity in that way. I was going to say, the creativity aside, you're so creative. So I think that really suits you, suits you well. Okay, so this episode is about relationships. We know how critical the relationship is between an agency and the client. That relationship has really changed over the past 20 years. What are you seeing as the biggest differences or change for over, you know, over the course of your career? Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, I started my career in 2000 at BBDO and, you know, that's really what the whole landscape was. You had the big guys, the big agencies, BBDOs, DDB, JWT, Ogilvy, and they had a, a partner, a client partner, and they had those partners for 20 plus years. You know, I personally worked on the Visa account, which they had had for 25 years. You know, you had McCann Erickson, Coca-Cola for 30 years. So that really was what it was about. And those long-term relationships were great because it, it was like a marriage, right? Like you were allowed to have ups and downs. You were allowed to push each other, had hard conversations. You could slam a door, hang up a phone, and not think that that was going to be the end of the relationship because, you know, the roots were so deep and you guys had been through so much, you know, so, so that was the relationship standpoint. But when it came to the work itself, 
you know, it was a much simpler time, right? You had this limited amount of content. You had one TV spot, a print ad, a radio spot. So it was much easier. And there was also a lot longer lead times, which allowed for more planning and more thoughtfulness. Uh, and so when we were living in this world where the content that you were creating actually lived a long time too, right? One TV spot would be on air for three or four months. So there was just this whole, you know, there wasn't as much of this rush and this craziness that you see today. Again, it was just a bit more considered and a lot really went into it. And now we just live in this on-demand world where the content is immediate. It's expected to be made quickly. It's consumed quickly. And the speed, just we could have never imagined the amount of content, the speed at which things are getting done. But also this has led to a lot of fragmentation in media and content. So there's just this need for such a high quantity and this kind of one size fits all approach just really isn't the answer anymore because there's just so many different problems to be solving. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the on demand, you look at the next generations, you know, with things like TikTok, they, the content creators are, are amateurs. They can turn around content in 30 seconds now. And so the entire world is at such a speed and a pace and the volume that it's coming at this like fire hose to consumers is, is really changing everything. So, you know, the you talked about those 25-year relationships that we all knew about and read about, of course. So why do you think the average relationship today is less than two years? I think a, a few reasons. I think one, we're seeing a lot more project-based work. Um, and this is a lot, you know, people don't have the budgets that they used to have. Uh, and so now they're just looking at more project-based Clients are hiring for specific briefs or projects. And the issue with that too, you know, it takes away from that relationship building and really getting to know the client or the business and becomes more transactional. So there doesn't feel the need to be in these bigger relationships. It's just kind of a tapping people when you need them. But also one of the downsides is that there is so much pressure to deliver that winning idea with immediate results and not giving enough time to properly develop thinking. And, you know, just in general, I don't think clients give agencies enough time. You know, again, back in the day, there was so much time. And now we've, we've shortened budgets, we've shortened timelines, and we've just constrained the agency so much. And there's so much pressure. So it's like one bad meeting or, or one thing doesn't deliver, one bad conversation could mean the end of it all. It's just a lot more pressure. So I just think People don't feel the need to hang on to their agencies because they say, oh, well, we can go on to the next and move on. And I think about roles, like even within the clients I have, sometimes they're in roles for less than two years, you know, that's, and that's the culture of the company. And then you think about on the agency side, you know, the demand that they want, people want promotions faster, they want, so their turnover is quickly too. So you don't have that consistency, which can certainly damage a relationship. You may buy, you know, and build that, you sign that contract because of a person that then is all of a sudden no longer there. So I think that can be a challenge, but there are definitely benefits to project-based work. I've seen it um, on the flip side. So what do you, what do you see as some of those pros and, and, and other cons that maybe you haven't talked about? Sure. I mean, I think it's a pro for both the client and the agency to really see if there's chemistry, you know, because again, at the end of the day, that is where the magic comes in when you have a really great agency and client relationship. So it gives you a chance to see what it's like to work with them. You know, is it a good partnership? Are you guys on the same page? And if it is, it can always lead to more work, which is great. And if it's a terrible relationship, 
it's a it's a blessing right if there's red flags left right and center it's a blessing that that project is is over when it's done <laughs> and then you know the the kind of project work is as as i said before is it can be hard to develop and grow uh, a relationship and the trust that can really lead to great work because there is a leap of faith that happens with creative work right it's not a science so there's so much trust that has to go into that and if you're just on a project basis, that trust is, doesn't really get built. It can also prevent agencies from bringing more to the table, right? They might not want to invest more time, effort, or ideas if they don't think their relationship is going to grow into more business or evolve into something great. Yeah, makes so much sense. Um, yeah. And I, I certainly, from our perspective, again, we're not an agency, but we definitely see the pros and cons of being given a test you know, a pilot. Mm -hmm. and, and if we deliver great work, um, but then again, you can have great work, but the product sucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they can't get distribution or you've got a pandemic. So there's certainly other factors that you shouldn't just be judged on maybe that one project. I, I talk about specialized agencies. I think it's really interesting that I see this like pendulum swing, you know, there's so many specialized agencies, but then sometimes those small specialized agencies get scooped up by the holding companies anyway. So, you know, is there really from your perspective, like this right size client or brand that's better suited for a specialized agency or versus like a one-stop shop, go to the big guys and get everything done? Yeah. <laughs> I like to say there's, there's a lid for every pot and there's a right agency for every brief and a right agency for every brand. Sometimes the answer is a big agency. Sometimes it's small. It really comes down to what you need. You know, do you need some really strong strategic work? Do you need a crazy experiential idea? Or is it just truly some ongoing account management to keep cohesion in, in different markets and different countries? So it's not really one size fits all. Um, it also depends what the marketing team is like. You know, do you have an in-house agency and you just need kind of special forces to come up with a specific campaign? Or, you know, do you need brand design, insights? Or are you a startup company and the agency you hire is going to be an extension of your marketing team? So, you know, there's just so many things to consider. And again, there's so many agencies now that there really is a right agency for a right brief or a right brand. Yeah, I am also always amazed by the volume of agencies out there. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy. So, you know, with all these changes, has there been something, one thing that's sort of surprised you or you've been happy about over, over the past couple of years? I think it's more surprising in a, in a disappointed way. For me, you know, you, you touched on this, but it's, it's the short lifespan of a CMO and how they're so closely tied to the work that they produce during their term. It shocks me how fast companies are willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like a, a change of CMO almost always means a change of agency. And I just think about all of the work and the money and the time Investment, that yeah. was spent to build something that could so quickly be thrown out because ideally the work that was done should be very strategic and foundational and should hold true for the brand, regardless of who's leading marketing. So the whole organization should have supported it and been behind it. And it seems that it just, it sits on the, the, the shoulders of a CMO. So they either see the success or the failure of it. And then it's thrown out so quickly when they leave, but it's like, what's happening behind the scenes? Like, wasn't there alignment that it right. happened? Yeah, you have a you whole know? team, so, yeah. Yeah, so this, so again, the fact that it just falls on this one person just seems so odd to me, and it just seems disappointing for everyone involved, yeah. right? Because again, there had to have been alignment along the way. So I just don't understand that, how quickly people are to just 
throw it away and move on to the next. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I do not envy CMOs, you know, that job, they always say it's the highest turnover. It's the first one to go when something goes wrong. And then it's really interesting that you talk about, they have this whole support system, all this team that's also built a relationship with the agency. There's no reason to throw it out. um, But unless they're playing the blame game, that can happen also where they're saying, okay, it's my agency's fault. So there they go when, when they really need to look somewhere deeper inside as well. So, you know, what are, what are some of those things to remember and ensure you have in place? What ingredients to make sure you have that great client um, agency relationship and partnership? What can we be doing better as well? So, you know, I mentioned trust before and, and, and trust comes with time, right? Like that's not something that's right away, but you know, how you get there to me is really, you know, honesty and transparency. And this is on both sides, right? Like, you know, and again, I've been on both sides, right? The agency side and the client side. And I just don't understand sometimes why there isn't that honesty. If something's going on, talk about it. You know, like if all of a sudden the agency's not delivering, because maybe some, some teams quit or something's going on. Like, why don't you tell the client, you know, like there is empathy out there, right? Like, even though it's a transactional and paid relationship, be honest, tell them what's going on. And the same thing with the client side, if budget cuts are coming or there's marketing pressure, tell the agency, if you're not honest and open about things, they can't include that in their thinking. And then when it comes to, you know, feedback and work, again, talk about it. Like the best things happen together and tough conversations can lead to better work. So these are the types of things I think that, again, gets you to that level of trust where you're working better together versus against each other. One thing that I think is uh, super important is really making sure that the agency knows and understands your business uh, because if they don't know the problems that you have or, or the problems you're trying to solve just beyond a, a brief, then they, they're not going to think holistically. They're just going to solve that one problem you're giving them. But really, again, agencies are pretty amazing. You know, I think clients think of agencies that they just, you know, they create a campaign or they're the creative people and they treat them on this need to know basis. But really, you know, some of the smartest, savviest, intelligent people I've ever worked with in my life come from the agency and they can really help solve your problems in a creative way, but they can't if you don't know, if they don't know them. And to me, again, it's like an iceberg. Like we only give agencies the tip of the iceberg when really, if they knew everything, they might be coming at it in a different way or solve other problems that you might have. Yeah, I love that challenge of like thinking, okay, we'll ask why, you know, they put this brief together and they say, this is what I want. Well, why? Why do you want to solve that challenge? Or why do you think that's your target or why? Because you can really start to uncover and get underneath and to your point, approach it from a different and unique way. Like if you're serving up and saying, we want to do this in this way, then you really, you know, you don't need a strategic partner. But you talked about that, that right partner, you know, every Every brand brief, there is a right partner. What are some of the watchouts or things that you know you must look for when selecting that right agency? So yeah, the theme of this podcast it is a relationship, right? You know, I I can pair this to dating a lot. It is a relationship. It's about the people. You know, not just who you like, but you, do you like how they think? You know, who do you want to work with? And and remember too, you know, an agency is just a group of people. You need to know who's going to be on your business who you're going to work with every day and you have to have chemistry with them. 
And something that I would tell all clients, if there's a single person on your business that you don't like, or you don't want working on them, tell the agency, uh, you know, like there's, you're, you're paying for those heads. So if there's someone you don't like for whatever reason, you, know, you don't even have to give an excuse. Just say, I want this person off my business and it'll be done. Otherwise it will make your life more difficult because you just want to be working with people that you trust that are good and you want on your business. Uh, this is a huge one, I think, to for people to be really honest about what you need. Like, mm -hmm. do not go and hire the big, you know, sexy agency that creates two million dollar epic films if what you really need is an out of home billboard. Right. <laughs> you know, and this is a moment of truth for a lot of marketers because every brand says they want game changing things, they want to really push the envelope, they want to do this, but if you don't really have the guts, the appetite, or budget to do it, like. Just be really, really honest about what you're trying to do. And when it comes to looking at agencies, don't just look at the showreel. Of course, they're going to show all their successes, but look at some of their smaller clients and the work they've done for them and have they put in just as much effort uh, and creativity, how they treated them, how was the work. You know, I think client references are huge in this area and can be very telling. Yeah, we love that in our world to have a client you know, have a prospect come out and say, can, can we speak to a client and to have a client talk on our behalf and tell the truth, you know, the good, the bad, um, but really to have a client talk for you, that, that is certainly um, something that should be highly regarded. And as part of your process, I a hundred percent agree with that. So on the agency side, you know, how much does the past work predict future results? Like when you think about what they've done in the past, you talk about looking at project work to, to gain future business. How much does that um, really predict? Well, I don't think there's a clear formula for success. And I don't think clients should get too hung up on what agencies have done in the past. Rather look at how did they think? How did they solve the problem? And of course, the people. You know, one of the things I always find frustrating is when people say like, oh, I want the agency that does the Nike work or I want the agency that did this <laughs> commercial. But what people don't realize is it's not the agency that did it. It's the combination of the agency plus the client. And that is what gets to great work. It's that combination, that working relationship, pushing each other, getting to the right place. Yeah. And having, having those right teams, like you said, it goes back to those people as well. So, you know, if you're given a project or you're given an assignment, what, what you need to do if they're not passionate about it? You know, what if they're not passionate about that project or that work and, and they look at the brief and they're like, yeah, not for us. Right. So, you know, I like to, I like to think of the most famous, one of the most famous campaigns of all time, which is got milk mm, because that, I'm yeah. sure that when Goodby got the brief, you know, that from the milk dairy processors board, I'm sure <laughs> the creatives were not getting sexy about thinking, you know, we're going to make amazing sexy work for milk, but with the right insights and great creative team, you can really make amazing work for almost any product or service. So again, if an agency is turning out a brief because they're not passionate about the work, you know, I think that's a bit of an easy way out and that they're not up for the creative challenge. Different from, you know, a moral, a moral issue. Yes, <laughs> you know, of you course. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking passion. I think again, like th that's what the challenge is, right? Like how do you make something creative about some boring topics? I think there's a great uh, ad about a, like a picture of a screw and they make, they say all these sexy things about it. It's like, it's not, 
you know, there's no such thing as a boring product, right? Right, it's, right, it's boring right. advertising. <laughs> so it's like, how do you make it exciting? But I will say the a reason an agency should walk away is if they really don't think they can deliver on the brief. Like if they don't think they have the right skill set or they think they're asking for something that they're actually not best suited for. I think that, uh, you know, takes a lot of acknowledgement from an agency to say, actually, you know what, we're probably not the right agency for you. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. But I passion, I say, creatives take the challenge. Yeah, for sure. And don't just look at the brief, ask, ask, ask the questions too. Dig deeper. So now let's say you've selected your agency. You've, you've got so much experience in, in, in obviously onboarding agencies and being on the agency side, being onboarded as a, as a new agency. How do you ensure you are being set up for success? So I think a lot of this, again, being really honest about what your goals are and what you want uh, and again, I, you know, being really, really honest about what you want to accomplish. And this is, you know, again, be as blatant as it is. Do you want to be famous? Do you just want to win a new audience? Do you want to get funding? Like, what is it that you're really trying to do? Because then the agency will know how to respond, right? Like, don't just say increased market share. Don't, don't kind of give the typical standard responses. Really dig deep. And it's like, what is the thing that is going to like, make you get a drink at the end of this and go like, we did it, you know? So really, really being honest and realistic about the goal. And then when it comes to the work, writing a very clear and concise brief for the agency. Garbage in, garbage out. If you give them garbage, you're going to get garbage. If you give vague things that you want, you're going to get vagaries back. You know, real insights lead to work that resonates. You know, what are the real benefits, compelling propositions, you know, and again, that's on the client to really kind of deliver and help figure out like what makes our brand so awesome and really give that to the agency so they can pick out some of these insights and nuances to get to really great work. Yeah, that uh, totally agree with the garbage in, garbage out and love that it's just a reminder for everybody that's sitting on the client side and about to write a brief that having that thoughtfulness is going to help when, you know, getting getting the, the, the work at the end of the day. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. But what about those tough conversations? I know from myself, I'm always the one to have the tough conversations with the client. <laughs> and I'm always asking, and I wonder from your perspective, is that something you can train for? Who should have that conversation? Because I know clients appreciate it. You know, if there's someone on their team that's a blocker or getting in the way is a naysayer, you know, if there's somebody, if there's a process that can be improved upon, clients appreciate that. And then on the agency side too. So who, who should have that conversation? Can you train for it? I mean, you know, it's interesting because I've worked with some of the you know, biggest companies in the world, like the Proctors and the Gambles and the Diageos of the world. And sometimes one of the things they do in meetings is when they give feedback, they start with the most junior person, just so everyone has a voice, you know, at the table. And I actually think sometimes that um, feedback for feedback's sake isn't great, right? Or like right. just pushing for pushing sake isn't great. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be a reason, right? Because yeah. you want to get it to a better place. So feedback is really important and it's a tough, it's a skill. Like let's not think that it's just so easy to give feedback, but giving good feedback is a skill. 
uh, it's helpful to have that, you know, gut reaction in the room. But I think a piece of advice would be, you know, sit with it for a day, give it time and thoughtfulness and provide relevant feedback. Some of the worst feedback you can give is like random things that actually have nothing to do with the core idea. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I really liked the, the use of the, the candle in this image. It's like be really tight and don't just kind of give feedback for feedback's sake. Like give it because you want to see the change and where you want to see the change. Again, being polite doesn't necessarily help anyone. You want to be honest and transparent and challenge each other if you don't think it's right. You know, have that tough conversation. When when agencies present something, it's not meant to be the answer. It's meant to be a starting place. Right. And then you build. Yeah. So, you know, if clients thought of it that way, they I think they would treat it differently. It's like no one's expecting this to be the answer. This is like a potential answer or the starting point. And then yeah. again, you build, build and you from work. there. Yeah, it does sound like it could be trained, like you can train for it because it sounds like it's a culture of the team, like making sure that honesty, transparency, accountability are all there. So you have a junior person giving them, like empowering them to speak up when they're seeing something as well. So it does sound like you can train for it in, in some sense of the word, even though maybe a junior person is, isn't going to criticize the CMO of a company, but yeah. you, get, you get what I'm saying. One of the worst things you can do, you know, just throw it, the, the, agencies they spend you know weeks putting something together they share it and then you just get like this email back with feedback pick up the phone talk through the feedback because when you are giving feedback like it's a dialogue it's not one way it's two ways so again pick up the phone and, and have empathy that these people like put a lot into this so they're going to have questions on your questions so keep it open and keep it positive it could be tough but positive, you know, again, you're building something. Yeah, that I, I love that. That makes so much sense. I also love, you know, you have this quote, do what's right for the brand and the business, not what the client or bo boss wants, you know? So what, what does that mean from your perspective? Yeah, so one of my old bosses used to really push on this. And he would say, you know, when we were doing work and the client said, you know, I just want this. Can you just give me this? I want this. And he would always say, you know, what happens when that client leaves? And then the new CMO comes in and they ask the agency, you know, well, why did you guys produce this? Why did you make this? And if the answer was, well, because that's what the client asked for. Ooh, How dumb yeah. do you look, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have a point of view. That's why the client hires you. And clients listen to your agencies. You hired them for their point of view, right? So just, it's this weird world that we live in where the, the client gets frustrated because it's like, this is all I want but maybe that's not right, you know, and you have to really do what's right for the brand, not just answer to the client. And even if your boss wants you to do something you don't think is right, you should push for it too. Remember, you know, this is another little tidbit. Like it takes the same amount of effort to make really amazing work as it does to make really shitty work. Yeah. So like <laughs> you're, you're, you're in it, you're in it no matter what. So at the end of the day, like push for the good stuff, yeah. you know, like yeah. if, if it's not right, push it push the timeline a week or two. Like it will be so much better if you end up in the right place. It will have been worth in the it. Long right, run. right. Totally. Yeah. The extra time. Yep. And just think too, like you want to always defend your work. Like I always find it really interesting when you ask someone about something and they apologize for it. It's like, oh, well this happened and that happened. And the client was crazy. It's like, well, own it. <laughs> that makes you look silly. That makes, yeah. that makes you look, you didn't do your job, right? right so right. Yeah. push to get to the right spot so you can be really proud because everybody wins in the end. Yeah.
I totally agree. And I think the ownership of something and just the accountability of it too. So yes, you're going to have to say it's mine when it doesn't work out, but then you get to say it's mine when it does. So I, I love that piece of it. You also use this analogy, I know we just talked about this, but you know, the agency client relationship is certainly like dating. I say there is, there are so many agencies. There are certainly yeah. so many people in the dating, in the dating apps right now too. So, you know, what, how, why do you say it's like dating? I have to laugh at that one. <laughs> so again, so back in the day, like when I started, it was more like, it was like these marriages and then you had these small, sexy boutique agencies coming up and breaking up these marriages. But really the reason it's like dating is because it is a relationship, right? And when the relationship's amazing, everything's amazing, right? But sometimes, you know, a relationship is not good and you need to acknowledge it. And it's okay, right? Like you want to end it before it becomes toxic, right? Like acknowledge it. Like, you know what, this isn't working out. Otherwise it can become really bad. Even great relationships can run their course, you know, and you can do some conscious uncoupling and then you know, some relationships remain sexy forever, you know, and they don't need to spice things up. They make it work. And if it's working, keep at it, you know, don't change for change sake. So, you know, but it's, again, it's about, it's about respect and trust and working together. And again, sometimes, you know, someone, they grow apart and that happens <laughs> or they continue to grow together. But again, it's one of these things of, and the reason it's like dating is because just like dating, you choose every day to be with that person, right? And a marriage, like you consciously choose to be with them. Like it's not, you're not forced together and it's something that you choose every day. So that's why an agency and client relationship, it's something you choose. And you, every year, you know, you renew it and you go, we're in it together and it can be create real magic. Yeah. But I know, love again, that. sometimes things can change. <laughs> <laughs> not all dating works out. <laughs> Um, so we're coming to the end and, you know, this is the happy marketer connection. I always like to end on a positive story. Do you have a story you can share with us? Uh, yes, I would love to share the story um, because this actually goes back to the feedback comment because you actually talked about, you know, what's something for junior people to keep in mind. And one thing that's really, really important, you know, I said relevant feedback, but relevant feedback try to be as objective as possible, you know, and, and, and clear as possible. Because I think what happens is sometimes people, it, it becomes subjective and, and that's a lot harder to judge. But when you can be really objective and relevant, then it's clear and they know how to build off of that. So that's kind of a precipice to my story. So um, when I was on the agency side and I was writing a really important feedback email uh, and I was trying to sound really smart and really polished. <laughs> I think I was maybe 28 years old at the time. I was like an account director. And I wanted this email I was going to like really high up people to, to sound great. And so I shared it with my boss at the time, who's this brilliant, brilliant woman with tons of degrees. And I wanted her to review. So I showed it to her and she just kind of looked at me and she said, uh, why are you trying to sound so smart? Just say what you mean. And it blew my mind. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, of course I'm trying to sound fun. She goes, yeah, but it's not clear. Just say what you mean. And then I realized, oh my God, it was all about good communication and being, you know, just like to the point. And it wasn't about sounding smart or using all the right words. Just say what you mean. Good, clear, and simple communication leads to great feedback and better work. 
And that moment changed my work style for the rest of my career. Yeah. And I do love how you are always so direct and it's always clear, you know, what you're saying is what you mean. And I do think that's a good reminder for us. And I think about in in my work, like I do a lot of outreach to new prospects and clients and, and you build these three paragraphs. Nobody is reading that. Like, like, what is it that you do? You know, what is it you're trying to say? So I think that's a really good reminder for all of us in this crazy world when a thousand emails and and texts and phone calls and content is coming our way, be clear, be concise, you know, and say what you mean. Do you have any final thoughts or comments as I, as I close this podcast episode? Just be nice, right? There's no reason you can't be nice. And again, this is not even, you can have tough conversations and be nice. You know, there's no reason to be mean <laughs> because if you're mean, if you're an asshole, people don't want to do work for you, right? They yeah. don't want to do good work for you. They do not want to see you succeed. There's no reason you cannot be nice while also being tough and good and smart and, and all that. So and successful and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's no reason not to be nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have, there's, I don't know if it was a basketball coach or someone, it's like the no jerk rule. So I'll have to find it and I'll, I'll add it when we uh, promote this podcast, but there is just this like paragraph or a speech that he did just about don't be a jerk. <laughs> and it's right. so true. It's like, it affects everything and everyone and it stays with you. So I love that. Be nice. So how would someone connect with you if they wanted to find you or reach out? Um, you've got so much great experience and advice, and I know you're doing some incredible consulting work right now. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, yeah. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty active on it. So and just Jessica know. Loria, Jessica Loria. Yep. There's okay. a few of us, but uh, you'll find me. I'm one of the early ones. <laughs> oh my God. This has been so great, Jessica. I love talking to you. I think, you know, I love working with you and think you've got such great experience. And it's, it's not that, you know, we don't know these things. I love about this podcast. It's reminders. These are all reminders for things that we can be doing to help elevate everybody. But thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Jessica. Always love talking to you. And as a reminder for everybody, good, clear, simple communications leads to really good feedback and, of course, great work. To hear other stories and lessons from Happy Marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to rate our episodes as well. To learn more about community building, our Vesta solutions deliver community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. The world is fast and ever-changing, and Vesta here is to help you future-proof your business via community-powered marketing. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck, or to find our company at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you.